Creation's Groans, Considered and Improved, by Thomas Boston. The Second Sermon. Romans 8.22 For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. Having considered in what respects the creation or creatures are said to groan, and what distresses the creatures so much that they groan, we now proceed to inquire, number one, how and by what right can the harmless creatures be made to groan for our sakes? They have not sinned. True, these poor sheep, what have they done? Here I observe, first, that there is sovereignty in this groaning. The creatures are all his own, and it is lawful for him to do with his own what he will. Matthew 20.15 Solomon tells us, Ecclesiastes 8.4, Where the word of a king is, there is power, Hebrew dominion, and who may say unto him, What doest thou? God is the great storemaster, to whom all the flocks and herds in the world belong. The cattle upon a thousand hills are his. Psalm 50, verse 10. He has given you the use of them, but has reserved the absolute property to himself. You have taken them in Cain, and that is ill-paid. Therefore no wonder he take them out of your hand and dispose of them in another way, whereby he may get the use of them, that is, glory to himself. I observe, second, that the creatures are liable to this groaning because of their relation to sinful man, who has a subordinate, limited, providential interest in them and that by the same justice that the whole which a malefactor has smarts with him. And as it was in the case of Achan and all that he had, Joshua 7.24. The sun is a light to him, therefore it is overclouded. It nourishes his ground, therefore its influences are restrained. The ground feeds his flocks and herds, therefore it is inhabited. They furnish him with necessaries, conveniences, and profits, therefore they suffer. They stand in a nearer relation to him than other creatures. They were made the same day and of the same earth, and live in the same element with him, and therefore they smart sorest, because they are nearest to him. They are nearer, and therefore it is harder with them than with fishes and fowls, which were of the water, and live, the one in the water, the other in the air. I observe, third, that the creatures groan because of their usefulness to him, by the same right that in war one takes from his enemy whatever may be of use to that enemy in the war. None scruple to take everything from an enemy, that so he may be disabled and yield. Now, God is angry, and carrying on a war with us, which we began. And to oblige us to yield, he falls on the creatures that are useful to us. Pharaoh will not let Israel go, and the cattle, and the very trees and water of Egypt, smart. They kill, swear, lie, steal, commit adultery. Hosea 4.3 Therefore shall the land mourn 
and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish, with the beasts of the field, and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Men are very indifferent about the interest of God, and if they get their own interest seen to, are little concerned as to anything else, and therefore God blasts their prospects. As you may see, by consulting Haggai 1, 4-11. I observe, fourth, that the creatures groan by the same right one takes a sword from a man wherewith he is running at him. The creatures are idols of jealousy often to provoke God, and therefore he strikes them down. Often, and most justly, does God punish sinners in that wherein they have sinned, so as they may read their sin in their punishment, as in Eli's case, and in Isaac's, Genesis 25:28 and 26:35. The farm and the care about it often keeps people from the marriage supper of the king's son, Matthew 22, 5. The Gadarenes, for their liking of swine better than a savior, had their wretched idols drowned in the sea. I observe, fifth, that the creatures groan by the same right one takes back his loan when he gets no thanks for it, but on the contrary, it is improved against himself. Hosea 2, 8 and 9. For she did not know that I gave her corn and wine and oil and multiplied her silver and gold which they prepared for Baal. Therefore will I return and take away my corn in the time thereof and my wine in the season thereof and will recover my wool and my flax given to cover her nakedness. Alas, though we are always in God's common, for everything we have, we are not thankful. We do not remember our holding, but sacrifice to our own net. And God's favors with respect to the creatures, though they make people more wealthy, they make them not more holy. Lastly, I observe that the creatures grown by the same right a prince levies a fine on a man, when he might take his life. It is a mercy God deals not with ourselves as with the creatures for our sake. Lamentations 3.22 It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. True, men feel the stroke and good reason, for God makes the creatures groan for that very end, that we may feel it. But we feel only at the second hand, though it is we only that are guilty. The bands lying on the earth might have lain on us, and we pinched as sore for our food as the beasts of the field for theirs. That as our flocks are forced to go to another part of the country, leaving our own hills desolate, so our houses might have been desolate, families scattered and sent through the country begging bread. They have had more than any of us who have yet been brought to such trying circumstances. It only remains, number four, that we make some improvement of this doctrine. First, in an use of information, 
Let us notice the scripture fulfilled in our days, in this day, and that in a remarkable manner. There is a mournful concert, which the creatures have been making in our ears now for many weeks together, for which we are this day called to fast and humble ourselves. Hear the groans of the creatures. 1. The earth is groaning under us. Deuteronomy 28.23 And thy heaven that is over thy head shall be brass, and the earth that is under thee shall be iron. God has laid a weight on it, and bound it so straight that it can get no breathing. There is no perspiration. It can get up nothing. It is run together as lead does after it is melted. Job 38.38 When the dust groweth into hardness, and the clods cleave fast together. Hebrew, God has pitched it up, or pitched it all over with frost, as one would do a vessel to keep in the liquor, when they have in view to prevent others drawing from it. 2. The waters groan, for there is a weight on them. Job 38.30 The waters are hid as with a stone, and the face of the deep is frozen. Men's sins have taken hold of them, and turned them into dry land. Psalm 107.33 He turneth rivers into a wilderness, and the water springs into dry ground. Verse 34 A fruitful field into barrenness, for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. We have bridges of God's making, but these are no more signs of God's favor than the turning of sea into dry land was to Pharaoh, for it proved his destruction. 3. The wild beasts of the field groan for lack of food. They that take the range of the mountains for pasture are forced into the valleys, and this strait brings them near the dwellings of men, which otherwise they would shun. Hosea 4.3 4. The fowls of the air groan, and are hard put to it, to make shift for their lives, and they mourn after their kind, for the hand of God is heavy upon them. Hosea 4.3 Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish, with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea shall be taken away. 5. The flocks groan, for God has locked up their pasture. Joel one eighteen. How do the beasts groan? The herds of cattle are perplexed because they have no pasture. Yea, the flocks of sheep are made desolate. They are fruitful creatures, but God threatens to pluck up the tree with its fruit. Harmless, yet they sadly suffer for the sins of men, their owners. Useful creatures, and because of their singular usefulness, a singular weight of the stroke lies on them. They cannot help themselves, and men cannot help them. So they groan and cry unto the Lord. Joel one twenty, The beasts of the field cry also unto thee, for the rivers of water are dried up, and the fire hath devoured the pastures of the wilderness. 6. The heavens groan, 
Deuteronomy 28.23, quoted already, For God has laid them under arrest. They have been long crying that their influences are bound up, but God has not yet heard them. Hosea 2.21 And it shall come to pass in that day, I will hear the heavens, and they shall hear the earth. The machine of the world, in some sort, has long stood, because God has holden still the heavens, the mainspring. But the heavens cannot help the earth, nor the earth the grass, nor the grass the beasts of the field, till God see meat. Second, we may learn that when the whole creation groans for man's sake, it is no wonder God make man himself to groan heavily. It has been a groaning time through Scotland now for a long time, and these groans are not over yet. God grant they be not but beginning. 1. The nation is groaning under the weight of two armies, which, whether friends or foes, must needs be heavy to a poor land that has enough ado to maintain itself. Besides, that as the world is now distempered by the corruptions of men, it is morally impossible but that violence, rapines, and other disorders will fall out in such a case, which some heavily feel, however easy others may live, and that whether the armies be for or against us. It is groaning under a most causeless rebellion, raised by men of a perverse, malignant, anti-Christian spirit, who, to get a limb of Antichrist on the throne, and to ruin religion, have made all this disagreeable work. Hence the nation groans under a drawn sword, deeply bathed in blood and thirsting for more. The blood of many has been shed in the field like water, many precious souls sent to eternity in a moment, in the hurry of war, and the carcasses of men laid like dung in the open field. Parents left childless, children fatherless, and their mothers widows, while the lives of many others are made to them more bitter than death. Into what a wretched case have many of the nobility and gentry of Scotland brought themselves, which, though it be the just judgment of God upon them, for which we are to praise him, Yet it makes the nation groan, as the cutting off a gangrened member is painful to the whole body. Thus David lamented over Saul, 2 Samuel 1.17. The northern parts of the nation have been long groaning, who have had many months of that oppression, of which the southern parts have had but a few days, and yet made so great an outcry some groaning there because their houses are made unpleasant to them, some because they and their families are scattered, some groaning because they are harassed, others because they are solitary, etc. 2. The church is groaning for the weight of the Lord's anger gone out against her. Our mother is in mourning, and the gates of Zion lament. She groans under the weight of these mischievous decrees laid on in the latter end of the last reign, not yet removed by which she is greatly oppressed, under our own unchristian divisions, 
by which she is rent into many pieces, under the just withdrawing of her Lord, by which she has become heartless. Many congregations of the land are groaning under the want of gospel ordinances, the weight of silent Sabbaths. Her serious ministers and members are groaning, while they behold, on every hand, matter of lamentation and woe. Nay, she is groaning this day to see the great red dragon standing before her to swallow her up. A limb of Antichrist set up for a king to be a captain, to lead back the nation to Egypt, and to give the kingdom, if he had it at his will, to the Romish beast that supports the whore. Her members are in no good case to give a draught of their blood to the scarlet-colored whore, and therefore in hazard to drink the cup of the wine of her fornication, if she had once access to put it to them. Thus the church and nation are groaning together. No sort of persons, from the throne to the dunghill, are exempted. Our only rightful and lawful sovereign, our Protestant king, whom God, by an admirable step of favorable providence, brought seasonably to the throne, groans for the unnatural rebellion raised against him. The nobles and gentry who used to escape other strokes smart under the confusions in the land by that means. Ministers have a load of many weights to groan under this day, and to all the rest not a few of them are threatened with suffering for a cause which their souls abhor as much as any in the nation. People of all sorts groan, the husbandman, because the earth, being as iron, will not allow his laboring, and the storemasters, because of the particular distress of the beasts of the field. Third, this lets us see what is the cause of all this groaning. Is there not a cause? Yes, men's sins are the cause of all the distress on the creatures and on themselves. We have procured all our miseries with our own hands. All ranks in the land have gone out of course, and therefore the very creation is put out of its course. Isaiah 24.20 The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. The Lord is contending with us, one, because that the sins of our fathers have not been sufficiently mourned over by the generation. National perjury and bloodshed are crying sins that are making the land to mourn this day. Without controversy, God is fulfilling that scripture in our eyes this day, Leviticus 26.25, And I will bring a sword upon you that shall avenge the quarrel of my covenant. And when you are gathered together within your cities, I will send the pestilence among you, and ye shall be delivered into the hand of the enemy. God is making inquisition for the blood of the slain witnesses of Jesus. And it will be a wonder if, before the quarrel be ended, God make not the lives of hundreds of others go for one of theirs. 
I have sometimes thought, oh, why has God made choice of poor Scotland to be the field of blood? Are there not sins against God in the neighboring land, as well as amongst us? But I have been silenced by this consideration. Scotland was the place where the witnesses were slain, in a special manner, in the late times. True and righteous are thy judgments, O Lord. The Lord is contending with us, too, because of the atheism and contempt of God and the land. Matters were come to that pass under the light of the gospel that all religion was laughed at by many, so that there was a necessity that God, by some new argument, should prove the truth of his being, which he has already done to the cost of many that were deeply engaged in these atheistical ways. May God bear it home on their consciences, that at least they may get their precious souls for a prey. The Lord is contending three, because of the horrid profanity of the generation. Hosea 4, 1-3 Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. By swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out, and blood toucheth blood. Therefore shall the land mourn, and every one that dwelleth therein shall languish, with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. How many are there up and down the land that glory in their shame and take a pleasure to affront the God that made them by their profane courses? Can these things escape a mark of God's displeasure? It is broken in like a flood and gone through the land, so that they are indeed but rare persons who have not entertained one breach or another of it. Either they are swearers or liars or such like, and there is no reforming of them. The word cannot do it. The Lord is contending for, because of our abuse of mercies and God's good creatures. We have had long peace, and God has wrought wonders for our deliverance. But we were surfeited with peace ere the war came. The good creatures of God prospering and thriving were but fuel to our lusts, and so snares to lead us away from God, that it is no wonder they got a stroke like idols of jealousy, wherewith God has been provoked. The Lord is contending, 5. Because of that woeful security and unconcernedness for the public cause of God and of religion which prevails. God is a jealous God, and when he is going out against a land, he calls all the inhabitants thereof to fear and to tremble, and he cannot endure indifference when his cause is at stake. This provokes him to blast people's private concerns. Haggai 2.14-17 Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer there is unclean. 
And now, I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord. Since those days were, when one came to an heap of twenty measures, there were but ten. When one came to the press fat, for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press, there were but twenty. I smote you with blasting and with mildew and hail and all the labors of your hands, Yet ye turned not to me, saith the Lord. This woeful selfishness has prevailed in an amazing manner among us. Little were we concerned with the distresses which many others of the nation were under. Very indifferent were we as to what way public matters should go, as if we had been set here to be idle spectators of the reelings of the nation. But we see God has many arrows in his quiver, and will even have us to groan with the rest. And if people go lightly under the burden of the public, he will give them a burden of their own to bear. God knows your distress by this storm has lain near my heart, as I bear a part in all your afflictions. But seeing with grief of heart your prevailing temper to be such that I could not call you together to wrestle for the public cause, I could not have confidence before the Lord to do it upon an inferior cause, though in itself a very weighty one. The Lord is contending with us, 6. Because of the contempt of the gospel and unfruitfulness under the means of grace, this makes a land to groan and the creatures in it to bear a share. Fourth, let the groans of the creatures stir us up to repenting groans before the Lord. Shall we be groaning under trouble, and the creatures groaning for our sakes, and yet not groan for sin, which is the cause of all? For the Lord's sake, sirs, be pliable to the word, and do not think yourselves above warnings, but receive convictions from the word, and be humbled under the hand of God, and take a look at your ways, and repent, and reform yourselves and your families. Wrath has gone out from the Lord against the land and us. Let us try to quench it ere it go farther, lest it break out like fire that none can quench it. Let us be concerned for the public cause, and take a lift of Zion's burden this day. Be not indifferent in the cause of a Protestant king and a popish pretender. You have had fair warning to prepare to meet the Lord, and God followed the closing of our sermons on that subject hard at the heels with the stroke. And if this do us no good, take heed, it come not next from the stall to the hall, and men and women be as sore straitened as the poor dumb creatures are this day. Fifth, let us come here and learn various other lessons. We know the book of the creation is an instructive book. Every day we may have a lesson from them, from the highest, Psalm 8, 3 and 4, to the lowest, Proverbs 6, 6 through 8, namely, from the heavens to the ant. But in such a day as this, we may learn more from them than ordinary. Now they speak much and loud to us. 
God makes them groan thus for our instruction, as he cursed the fig tree for a lesson of faith to his disciples, and slew the cattle of Egypt to make the owners see what they might expect. The creatures groan out these lessons to us. 1. That God is angry with us. He is angry with the land, has a controversy with our mother, and he is angry with the creatures, for they smart under it. We may say, as in Habakkuk 3.8, Was the Lord displeased against the rivers? Was thine anger against the rivers? Was thy wrath against the sea that thou didst ride upon thine horses and thy chariots of salvation? Sure, if it is so, it is for our sakes, and therefore he is angry much more with us. Look now through the whole creation, above, under, and about us, and we will see the characters of the Lord's anger. It is true these things have natural causes, but God guides these. And this lesson we may take for a certain evidence of our sin— See the sermon on Joel 1.18. Another lesson is, 2. That it is not easy to get the flame of wrath quenched when once it is kindled. We may say this day, as in Psalm 65.5, By terrible things and righteousness wilt thou answer us, O God of our salvation. Men's sins may bring that on the creatures which they will not soon get removed. Learn here to beware of kindling the fire by provoking God. It is easier to keep the sword of vengeance in the sheath than to get it sheathed again when once drawn. It is dangerous to depend on the praying for mercy on a deathbed, delaying all till then, for then wrath may be gone out not to be quenched. 3. It is dangerous to be concerned with those with whom God hath a controversy. Thus all that belonged to Achan perished with him. Joshua seven twenty four and 25. And Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan the son of Zerah, and the silver, and the garment, and the wedge of gold, and his sons, and his daughters, and his oxen, and his asses, and his sheep, and his tent, and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones, and burned them with fire, after they had stoned them with stones. Had these oxen and asses been another's than Achan's, they had not perished in the manner they did. Thus the poor creatures lament their relation to sinful men, and many smart sore upon the occasion of the controversy God has with them, with whom they are nearly connected. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. Even those God has a kindness for may smart full sorely for the sake of others. See First Kings fourteen ten to thirteen. Another lesson is four, that sin is a heavy burden which none are able to bear up under. O oh, sirs, what think ye of sin? 
that makes the very earth to groan under it this day. Isaiah 24.20 The earth shall reel to and fro like a drunkard, and shall be removed like a cottage, and the transgression thereof shall be heavy upon it, and it shall fall and not rise again. Ye walk for the present full lightly under it, but the weight of it ere long will be felt by the most stupid sinner. A dreadful weight that makes the whole creation groan. Are not the bands of guilt strong and straight that thus gird up the heaven and earth and bind down the creatures that they cannot get up their head? It is an offense to an infinite God. No wonder it doth lay an infinite weight on the offender. We are instructed, 5. That God is a jealous and just God, who will not suffer sin to go unpunished. Deceive not yourselves with misapprehensions of God, like the wicked, who, as in Psalm fifty twenty one, think him altogether such an one as themselves. For as sweet as sin may be in the mouth, it will be bitter in the belly. Job twenty twelve to fourteen. Though wickedness be sweet in his mouth, though he hide it under his tongue, though he spare it and forsake it not, but keep it still within his mouth, yet his meat in his bowels is turned, it is the gall of asps within him. Therefore, Exodus twenty three twenty one, Beware of him, and obey his voice, provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. He is true to his word, and it cannot fail. He will reverse the order of nature, turn the heavens to brass, and the earth to iron, rather than one word of his fall to the ground. We may also learn, 6, that creatures are ever weak pillars to lean to. You have need of something else to bear your weight, the weight of your comfort, much more of your happiness for they are not able. There is a vanity that they are under, by reason of which they cannot reach that end. Ecclesiastes 1.2 All is vanity. They that have not something else to lean to may soon have nothing to look to at all. Oh, what a pitiful idol is the clay god of this world! We may farther learn 7 that God is a sovereign king, against whom there is no rising up. How can sinners think to escape with their sins when the whole creation smart for their sakes? Can we think that the innocent creatures should suffer and we go free? Can there be an outbraving him who makes the earth and heavens groan under his hand, or a fleeing from him from whom the whole creation cannot make their escape? We are instructed further, 8, that the service of the creatures to sinful man is an imposition on them. Romans 8.20 For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly. Man, falling from God, lost the right he had to them, but yet they are kept in his service, which they grudge, and therefore they groan. 
Hence it comes to pass that these servants sometimes, becoming masters, hurt him and dispatch him. The least creature, having a commission for such a service, proves too hard for him, such as a stone in fruit or a hair in milk. I only add, nine, that the creatures are wearied of the world lying in wickedness, and would fain have it brought to an end. Romans 8.19 For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. There is a happy day for the restitution of all things. They are longing for that day when this world, that sink of sin, that stage of vanity and scene of misery shall be taken down. And the wicked shall have poured out upon them the deserved curse with all its effects, centering in themselves without burdening others with it in any measure. I come now second to an use of exhortation. The groans of the creatures are exciting, stirring up groans. So many of them as are about us this day, so many preachers have we to provoke us to the duty we profess to be engaged in. They cry to us, 1. Humble yourselves under the hand of God. He has laid them low, and shall not we lie low before him, since for our sake they are cast down? The noisy waters are now silent as a stone under his hand. The lofty mountains have laid aside their ornaments, and everything mourns after its kind. Come down, then, from your pride and obstinacy. Yield yourselves to the God that made you. Lie low in the dust, and join issue with the rest of the creation. They cry, too, Repent, repent, for he is a God that will not be mocked, and though he long forbear, he will be avenged on impenitent sinners at last. He has been long pleading with us to let our sins go, and he is saying now, as to Pharaoh, Exodus 9, 2 and 3, For if you refuse to let them go and wilt hold them still, behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon the horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep. There shall be a very grievous moraine. Harden not your hearts to keep fast the bane of strife betwixt God and you, lest it fare with you as it did with Pharaoh, on whose person God's hand fell heavy at last. They cry, Three, pray, pray. When the heathen mariners were at their prayers in a storm at sea, it was a shame for Jonah to be sleeping, Jonah 1.4. The creatures, as they can, are crying to the Lord. Shall we be more brutish than they, and be silent at such a time? We have been praying in the congregation. It would be a promising thing, and no more but duty, if families and particular persons were fasting and praying. Zechariah 12.12 And the land shall mourn, every family apart. There is much work in families otherwise to take care of them. Oh, then... Will you not do that which is so needful for yourselves and them? I exhort you, for, 
to reform. For the sake of these you would not involve and ruin with yourselves. For Ecclesiastes 9.18 Wisdom is better than weapons of war, but one sinner destroyeth much good. We see how the poor creatures are ruined in this way. But it is not them only. Achan troubled the camp of Israel. God has threatened to pursue his quarrel to the third and fourth generations. If one in the family be seized with the plague, it is enough to carry away the whole. Be exhorted. 5. To endeavor to reform others for your own sakes. The fire in your neighbor's house may come to burn down yours if you do not help quench it. It is thought that Achan's sons perished with him because they concealed and labored not to put away their father's sin. 6. Seek to find your comfort and happiness only in the enjoyment of God and Christ. Then, in the time of famine, you may rejoice in the God of salvation. Like the prophet Habakkuk, chapter 317. It is a sad matter we should again be so ready to trust the deceiving world, and to lean again to that broken reed that hath so often failed us and pierced through our hand. Seek it in God, where it can never fail, in the everlasting covenant that will be a portion of which ye may always be sure. 7. Fear God, and stand in awe of Him. As the sight of the drawn sword makes Him in some measure afraid that wields it, so the sight of God's judgments should fill us with the dread of His majesty. Psalm 119.120 My flesh trembleth for fear of thee, and I am afraid of thy judgment. When the sea was raging and Jonah awakened, he was impressed with fear and reverence of him that made it. Jonah 1.9 God would have the hearts of people awed with his works, and it is contempt of God not to be so. 8. Labor to get a renewed right to the creatures. Our first charter was lost by Adam at his fall, and as the estates of rebels fall of course to the crown, so our right to the creatures was forfeited, and they fell back into the hands of him that gave them. We must get a new right through Jesus Christ by faith in him, if ever we would have true comfort in the creatures. I own a wicked man has a sort of right to the creatures. Psalm 115.16 The earth hath the Lord given to the sons of men. By the same law that God hath said, Thou shalt not kill, he has made them over to us. This is a providential right, but it is not a covenant right. It is but like the right the forfeited condemned man has to his meat till the hour of his execution. Lastly, ye that are godly, I would beseech you to long for that blessed day for which the creatures are groaning. You have good reason as well as they. Long for the day this stage shall be taken down, whereon so much sin and misery are acted, 
when all that Adam put wrong shall be completely righted by Jesus Christ. This audio recording was read by Michael Ives. I hope you found it enlightening and edifying. Visit westportexperiment.com for more audio resources and where I write about parish missions, the care of souls, and all things Reformed.